This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back! What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Chandler Adams. Joined today by co-host Eric Goose Geesler. You can find him at ATB Goose with a capital G. We're here to talk to you guys about the NBA today. We've got a lot of great stuff. We've got a couple great segments. And at the end, we're going to test Geesler's Ah, we're going to test his wits with some NBA trivia because he's an old man. I'm not that. So, without further ado, let's get started with some chalk it up or erase the board. It's going to be a new segment we're doing. Yeah, did you like the sound bite for that? It was super good. (laughs) Uh, The producer, God, he sucks. Uh, Talks too much, too. Talks too much, too. Trying to figure out um, all this stuff. Uh, I'm going to have a couple. If something screws up today with the sound, I'm sorry. I'm messing with it. It'd be a lot easier if we were in studio together. With all that being said, Sir Eric Giesler, are you ready for some chalk it up or erase the board? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's Halloween. NBA's back. And if we did have our own studio, I'd have to wear deodorant. And wear pants, so it's not too bad. Oh, that's a great image. Great image. I'm glad you're not wearing pants either. It makes me feel less weird. (laughs) For those of you listening, chalk it up or erase the board is a great idea by our Eric Giesler. It's going to be basically a stock up, stock down after the weekend and a weekend of sports. And I'm going to go ahead and throw him on the hot seat and ask him a question. Will Mike Conley Jr. finally give the Jazz... The identity they've been searching for these past few years. I'm gonna go ahead and say chalk it, chalk it up. Um, Conley's a veteran, and he's he's seen a lot of things, and he can hit the three. He can play D. The only issue would be his injury history, but uh, he's a good running mate for Donovan Mitchell, and the Jazz are definitely on the come. So give me chalk it up for Mike Conley. All right, all right, I like it. Okay, I'll go and give host Chandler Adams a little question here. (laughs) So one of my favorite teams over the years has always been the Spurs. Popovich is basically a god in basketball circles. I love his press conferences. But you can't win games um, on your history alone. So I've been hearing a lot of pundits and analysts saying, that the Spurs are at risk this year of possibly missing the playoffs. Now, that might be hyperbole or a little bit of you know, exaggeration, but 
there are questions in San Antonio, and they are kind of in ancient times. Uh, I think they were last place in the NBA in three-pointers last year, and they just kind of do their own thing. So do you believe that the Spurs are at risk of missing the playoffs? Never. Erase the board. Greg Popovich will not miss the playoffs. They paid the man, DeJounte Murray, today. They've got a fun team, uh, a fun front court. They're going to find it. They they still lack that star small forward. That's what wins in the NBA. But if there's one coach in the NBA, or any sport for that matter, that can get it done, it's, it's Pop. Now I'm going to erase that one. Erase the board. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always Pop all day. So for you, with LeBron on the most rest he's had in since probably 2000 and gosh, five, maybe, maybe 2005, 2006, the most rest he's ever had since then, will he go off for an MVP type season? I have to say chalk it up. His Main competition might be on his own team. And I hate to drink preseason Kool-Aid because uh, that's ridiculous. But I don't know if anybody saw any of those pick and rolls between him and Davis um, here lately. Nasty. Yeah, I just – I really hate to jump on board this early because of something I saw in the preseason. But over the years with what I've seen with LeBron – uh, motivation is a large factor and he he seems like he's motivated and I think he's 34 years old um, or 35 he knows this is this is the last stage and you're talking about the it's rest the final act it is and you're talking about the rest I almost question the man uh, behind the curtain the myth about his intentions last season I mean it almost seemed like the whole thing was a ploy to get Davis, but that that's just that, that's irrelevant right now. Um, the Lakers, th- there's different scenarios that could play out with health of Davis, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, just chalk it up, chalk it up right now. MVP candidate was the question. Yeah, totally agree. That's my boy. You're yeah, my boy, I Blue. Wanted to throw, I wanted to throw shade and make the erasers dusty but that was just the wrong question for dusty erasers <laughs> so all right so i'll move on to my second chalk it up question um the cavaliers i know we have a cl- somewhat of a cleveland foundation here at, across the board so for some reason the cleveland Cavs are relevant to this pod so <laughs> <laughs> hey i like I'm not trying to hate, but anyways, will Kevin Porter Jr. be the steal of the 2019 draft? Yeah, I, I've been struggling with this one. Do I think he'll be the the steal? Ah, you know, go ahead and chalk it up. The steal. Yeah, and that was a bomb dropping for those of you listening, because boom. He's going to be the steal of the draft. Yeah, I'd argue someone like Carson Edwards, but he has Kemba Walker in front of him. Kevin Porter Jr. is 
you know, shooting guard, small forward, that position that is just most coveted in basketball. And the biggest part is he's got nothing holding him back to shoot every single time he gets the ball on that team. This Cavs roster is not very good. They're gonna just they're gonna let him play. Kevin Porter Jr. had a lot of baggage in college, a lot of crap going on, has never lived up to the expectation, and I think he he wants to make the bag. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk that one up. He'll be the steal of the draft. All right, you heard it. Chalk it up. Yeah, and I know that uh, you're gonna throw me a little 76ers question. I heard through a little birdie, so I'm gonna drop you one. I'm gonna drop you one. All right. Joel Embiid will have a better statistical year than Nikola Jokic. Hmm. That is not a softball. First of all, these are two elite players. <laughs> um, I like Embiid, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna erase the board. Um, my reasoning here is. Efficiency. Um, is he going to be rested a lot? I don't know if we're talking. Are we talking per game points? Or are we talking volume? If we're talking I'm volume, just, I'm, I'm speaking um, primarily on who's going to help their team win more. Now, obviously, Nikola has more pressure on his shoulders than young Joel Embiid does. Yeah, I'm just. I'm really just throwing this out there. Uh, honestly. To me, Joel Embiid is an overhyped stats machine. And on the same side, Nikola Jokic is an overweight, pudgy stats machine. (laughs) Well, the the difference here... The difference is the dimes. I mean, Joker's going to be dropping dimes. And I just... I love watching that guy play. I feel like when I'm on the court, I'm trying to copy him, even though I'm terrible. But... That, there's no other, there's no other game like the, like him in town, and Embiid uh, too. I, I don't, I, he has questionable shooting, in my opinion, but uh, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say erase the board. Give me the Joker, and also you got to figure the depth of the Sixers, the rest they're gonna have. They've got Horford now, um, you know they've got a decent front court. They have, they have a lot of reason to slow the roll on him and yeah yeah that's all good that's all good points i'll I'll respect your opinion either way i would have respected it because al horford's the best big man in the nba so it doesn't really matter what anything else is going on that is insanity but we will uh hey that's every every sports every sports head has to have some stupid ass hill that they die on i have two Baker Mayfield, Al Horford, and Al Horford is the best big man in the NBA. It's just that's that's I, and I honest to God believe both of them. Well, if you go back to his Hawks days too, it's you can't follow the box scores when you're talking about Horford, but they always inexplicably won 55, 60 games when he was there. The roster was not set up for that kind of winning, and new. No. So you know he brings intangibles, good teammate, blah blah blah. But there are. <laughs> You know, it's Horford. I'll send you back a 76ers question. And this one here is sort of analytical or philosophical because I'm a 
philosophizer. And, uh, so basically, effective field goal percentage is basically weighted shooting. And yep. Embiid, Embiid shot 41% effective field goal percentage last year, which was over 200th in the league on ranking. And he shot over 400 three-pointers. And then you couple that with Simmons, who doesn't shoot threes. It's just a strange dynamic there in, in the Sixer land. Now, I love the Sixers. I'm not hating. But I'm just saying, can can they be major contenders with that dynamic of the point guard who doesn't shoot threes and the center who hangs around outside all the time and basically probably gives the other team's defense a lot of what they want? If you're facing Embiid, would you rather have him in the paint battling you or would you rather have him out there jacking up threes? So can can they win it? Can they win? Can they reach the goals they want to reach <laughs> with that dynamic? That's the question. Yeah, so Joel Embiid does have a very bad effective field goal percentage. And I'm a nerd, so I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, calculation for you guys. It's two-point field goal, two-point field goal made plus 1.5 times three-point field goal made divided by field goal attempts equals your effective field goal percentage. So basically what that means is it's helping measure, uh, it's giving three-point shots extra weight. So um, someone like Steph Curry's effective field goal percentage is super heavy compared to, um, trying to think someone off the top of my head, Andre Drummond, who somehow inexplicably shoots 20 three-pointers a year, should not even be able to touch the ball. <laughs> Uh, so basically, Joel Embiid, ha- does he not shoot threes, probably has one of the highest effective field goal percentages in the NBA. But, like you said, he decides to shoot threes all the time. In basketball, there are like three things that basically... are there. I'd say there's four categories to, my, to me that win you a game. If you won the effective field goal percentage, if you win the rebounding battle... If you win the free throw attempts and you win the turnover battle. Okay, so you need to shoot a better effective field goal percentage. Um, Partially because in the NBA, if you shoot and make more threes, you will 98% of the time win a game. The Warriors, Trailblazers, teams like that, the Rockets. If you win the rebound battle, which the 76ers are very good at because they have the best rebounding big man since... I mean, point guard since Michael, since Magic Johnson. You have to win free throw attempts and percentage, i.e. the Rockets, who have no business being that good, but James Harden shoots 20 free throws a game. And if you win the turnover battle, which is how the Spurs have remained somehow relevant while not having good players. (laughs) That whole long spiel short, I do think... The 76ers can reach their goals because of players they've added. However, on a night-to-night basis, they're most likely going to lose the free throw percentage and attempts most of the time. Would you? I mean, I think most people would agree if you have Simmons and Joel Embiid on the floor with you most of the time, you'll lose that battle. Um, effective field goal percentage, I believe they'll win most of the time. 
Ben Simmons, not a three-point shooter. He obviously worked on it in the offseason, but he needs to just keep shooting mid-range shots. You know, you don't want to just go you don't want to just go that level right away. Ease into it. They win the turnover battle because Ben Simmons is very efficient. Al Horford is very efficient. Joel Embiid needs to become much more efficient. And they win the rebound battle because they're going to be starting someone who I haven't even mentioned, Tobias Harris at small forward who's 6'11", Al Horford who's 6'11", at power forward and one of the best uh, at using his body to manipulate where um, the defender's going to be on the rebound. And Joel Embiid who's 7'1", and is one of the most uh, physically gifted people in the NBA. And their point guard 6'8". So, yeah. I know that was a long spiel. For all you nerds out there, I know you appreciated that. But in basketball, you need to win those metrics. And, you know, at different levels, it kind of changes. Uh, in the playoffs, you don't always have to win all of those things because sometimes it just comes down to crazy things like um, role players play a super high level at home and just things can happen. But, good God, that was a long answer. Chalk it up. The Sixers can achieve their goals this season chalk it up i agree with you by the way yeah that was a that was a really long nerdy answer i didn't see that um i think mb does need to cool it he needs to cool it but they're not they're not losing they're not gonna be unable to do what they want to do they have the best defense in the league yeah yeah they'll they'll be up there for that for sure with that I think, does that end it for you for Chalk It Up or Erase the Board? Yeah, that was a good segment. I probably yeah. won that segment if we're, if we're, uh, if we're tracking, no, you, you know, didn't. best answers. But, I mean, you did all right as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I really needed that moral victory. I mean, on anyway. podcasts, you have to, you have to uh, make fun of the other guy sometimes. That's how it works. It's no, not that's personal. That's not very nice. That's not, that's not yeah. very nice. We are going to go straight into our mailbag question. And this mailbag question is going to do a lot of things for us. It's one, going to answer... It's going to be the bulk of our show, basically, because there's so much to talk about with this. It's um, almost too much. Secondly, it's going to bring us to a stat of the day, which Eric will read for you, but I'm going to read the mailbag question first. And it comes from Ryan Sponseller, and you can find him on Twitter, at S-P-O-N-Y. I'm going to pronounce that Spony. Could be totally wrong. But he reads, when was the last time the NBA title was this up for grabs? Is there more parity in the NBA versus the NFL? We're not going to get into the NFL part because I'm going to answer it right now. There is more parity in the NBA uh, because when there's this guy named Tom Brady in the NFL, the parity's always just kind of like, eh, is it really? So with that question being said, Eric Giesler, would you now lead us in to the stack of the day? Yeah, the stack of the day. Six all-NBA players switched teams this offseason. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kimball Walker, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook. And that's not even including um, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, amongst others. But six all-NBA performers. The and previous... if, you, if you think about it, that's actually like nine 
all NBA. But you know, you know, they were they former. Did. Them other guys were former, but this was just 2018. Yeah. Oh, um, but they broke the previous record, which was three, which was 1998, which was Glenn Rice, Mitch Richmond, and old Scotty Pippen. So, even though this seems to be the new normal in the NBA, where you know guys kind of talk on back channels and manipulate themselves into different situations it seems normal but it's not normal at all okay and it basically got me all excited i i'm jacked for the season to be honest just because first of all everybody likes new things it's like christmas morning hey look at that guy in this jersey that's different wow but uh yeah six all nba performers so that just ties in with this question about parody you know a lot of those guys moved from situations that were more top-heavy into situations that kind of spread things a little bit. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, Pelic- the Pelicans lost Davis, but look what they gained. So you're adding parity there. Um, the Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard. They're still going to win a ton of games. I don't know if, if anybody's down on them. Now, are they contenders? No, but I guarantee you the Raptors are going to win some games. So, yes, it, it's a wild season. And in the past, you know, in the 90s and things, there was probably this much parity. There was there was eight seeds in the finals with old Grandma Ma and Patrick Ewing. Um, there was the Nuggets, an eight seed, beating uh, my Supersonics, rest in peace. Um, there, has, there was a lot of parity back in the day because guys would stay on teams longer and build things. So teams weren't even that talented, but they would jack you in the mouth and they would beat you. So, But over the last 20 years, it's been a top-heavy league, and it's refreshing to see a lot of this change. So I'll I'll turn it over to you. I talked a lot after that stat of the day. Yeah, thank you for the stat of the day. And some... Interesting news, you might say it is. Oh, screwed that up. Sorry. See, this is what I'm getting at, guys. Sorry. Here we go. Some interesting news, you might say it's. Breaking news. Sony Michelle has just scored his second touchdown of the night midway through the second quarter. He can shut Eric Giesler up, who badmouthed him on the last podcast. And secondly, secondly, on the last podcast, somebody said he was taking the Patriots with the money line this week, and somebody (laughs) didn't agree. Hey, my lock was the Cardinals, though, so I'm done. I'm just going to say my best bets were very good. Back to the NFL, back to the NBA. I like how you did that. Yeah, Yeah, it's... um, Sorry for the boo when I said trying to do breaking news. Like Sonny Michelle sucks. Getting new. Get off the podcast. <laughs> um, I just booed you. <laughs> so the parody in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now I'm. I think there is parody in the NBA. However, unlike Geisler and unlike basically everybody else out there in the world. I think differently. I think that there's not as much parody as people want to believe. I think if you really look at it and break it down, 
I'd say there's four teams that have a chance of winning it all. Two in each division. I'd almost even say there's four teams that have a chance to win it all. Three in the West, one in the East. So I we're going to break it down. Um, I'll break down my tiers, and I guess we can just kind of, Eric, if you want to debate it or we can just talk about the teams, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start with the – I guess you'd almost call them America's team in basketball. The L.A. Lakers. Everyone wants to hate them, but everyone still watches them. Everyone loves to hate LeBron, but everyone still watches him. Here's an idea, dickheads. Enjoy what we're watching. Quit comparing them to someone that played 20 years ago. Just enjoy it. Anyway, the L.A. Lakers. What wins championships in basketball? Eric, I'm not going to ask you because we've never done an NBA pod, so you might not know what I'm about to say. But uh, for those of you listening that have listened to my NBA podcast before, there's something I'm very, very stern on that wins championships, and that's veteran players with experience. Eric, I'm going to ask you this one. If you don't get it right, I'm going to boo you. What did the Lakers go out and do this offseason? Well, okay, first of all, they traded all their young assets, which seemed like a terrible thing. But let me finish, because I'm not, I'm not throwing shade here. It, it kind of looked bleak for the roster. But then, they br- the guys they brought in, I give basically like a B-plus or an A-minus. Like, I really like the names they were able to get. They got green. Um, uh, start they got, naming some guys. They got yeah, so basically... They brought in veterans. Say, they brought in veterans. That's exactly what yeah. they did. That's what I want to hear because you want to know who they're going to start now? And people might think, oh, this isn't 2012. These players and they kept win. Kuzma. Oh, yeah. But what I'm... This, Rajon Rondo, starting point guard. Hate him all you want. He's a leader. His three-point shooting's gotten better. And... He's going to be able to just distribute the ball this year. Last year, he had to be a scorer. That's awful. You never want to make Rajon Rondo be a scorer. It's like making Tom Brady be a runner. It's not what they do. Shooting guard, Danny Green, lockdown defense, one of the best three-point shooters in postseason history. LeBron James, small forward. I've never heard of him. He must be a new rookie or something. (laughs) Anthony Davis at power forward. Mm. I love this. I don't play him at center. He doesn't want to play at center, so don't make him. You have Dwight Howard and you have JaVale McGee. While those players might get shit on relentlessly by people, there's two things that those players can do, and it's the pick and roll, rebound, and defend the rim. JaVale McGee is very slept-on big man. He's not elite, and he can't lead a team. Sure as shit should not be one of your top players, but to put him in as a role player, come in and run around, create havoc, score some easy buckets, it's great. He does great at it. And Dwight Howard is one of the best centers we've ever seen. He's not very good right now, but he's still seven foot tall and a physical phenom. So, with that being said, they still have Avery Bradley, KCP, and Kyle Kuzma, and Jared Dudley, who I haven't talked about. Jared Dudley's way past his prime, but as we saw with the Nets, he can go in and get inside young players' heads on the opposing team. And he can still hit a three. So all that, that whole roundup of the roster, 
that's the best roster in the NBA to win a championship. Will they win the most games in the regular season? Abso-fucking-fruitly not. But what that will do is once they get to the playoffs, that's going to allow them to have that experience that they don't need to be the one seed. That's something that's just very um, overlooked at is you have to be a top seed to win. No, LeBron's gotten to the LeBron in the East was getting to the postseason all the time, not being the one seed. I'm going to go ahead and hand this over to you if you have anything to say because that was a lot. Well, to here's drop my on assessment. Everyone. Here's my assessment of of the off season. Here, I like that they didn't have to give up Kuzma because they're going to need somebody to take the load on scoring. And my favorite signing out of all these guys was Avery Bradley. Um, yep. I know he's been down, but he's going to be motivated. The dude can play D in theory. He can hit the three a little bit. I've always been an Avery Bradley truther. So I just love the fact that they went and got him. Now, I am yeah, going to... Yeah, get, z- get him while his stock's low. Yeah, and I'm going to zag on you on Rondo. I do not like Rondo for this team, and it it's half because I'm just done with Rondo. I used to love him, okay? There's, there's some love in the past. But with, with LeBron... And Rondo, I do not like the dynamic. It's just neither one's elite from the three-point line. And Rondo, he kind of needs the ball. And I don't want him to have the ball. Did you just say LeBron's not elite from the three-point line? He's not elite. He's he's above average. He does shoot a good percentage, but I'm saying he's not. He's, I'll, I'll he's not that. a good pair. He's not a good. I just parent. thought you were putting them in the same category. No, as no. shooters. I just think. Okay. I just don't like Ron- now. Rondo's better than nothing, but that I love what they did. That's the one thing I'm worried about. I love Danny Green. I really love Danny Green. Um, it's not even Valentine's Day, so I need to settle down. Um, and Caruso, Alex Caruso. He honestly, that dude could even give Rondo a run for his money. I don't know. What we'll see. Six five, athletic as hell. Yeah. And I, a I Laker think he, favorite. He might fit in there a little better. And yeah, well, I, think I mean, if, LeBron loves him. That's all you need. That's what yeah. Danny needed. And I'm I'm really excited to watch the Lakers. Really excited. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not a. I'm just an NBA fan, and I really think it's a smart roster. And last year, it was not a smart roster. Pre, no preseason. I swear. I I tell you what, guys. I went to um, trick or treating. And my stepmother was like, who built this roster? It's terrible. And I was like, do you even watch basketball? She's like, no, but it's obvious. It's It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. Her son's a, a Lakers fan. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel it's... like I feel like they did that on purpose. I, I could be wrong. Or, or somebody just com- completely doesn't understand the modern game because that was a terrible roster. But, yeah, long story short, uh, sign me up on the Lakers bandwagon i even i love the colors i love the showtime i'm I, I love the fact that there's gonna be a battle for la the whole thing is just exciting so yeah so well while we're there i was gonna go to the east but i want to talk about the battle of la i am so tired of 
people and i'm not accusing you of this i have no clue where you sit on this hill because actually we've never we just haven't had a chance to talk nba we have never talked nba people ever we never have we've played against each other and at the wreck and i let you shoot and sometimes it bites me in the ass but anyway you know i got it no i don't that's why i let you shoot. <laughs> no, uh-huh. <laughs> but the clippers i understood the hype around them I, obviously you got Two of the you've got the two best. Uh, I don't even like that term. They say the two best two way players in the NBA. <sighs> you can say that. I I don't know. This is gonna make me sound stupid and like a LeBron a LeBron stand, but like LeBron and Kevin Durant are still better two way players than those two because they're the two best players in the world. I, I understand the term two way player, but I just I just don't like it. That's uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But. You went and got two of the best defenders, two of the best all-around players in the NBA. However, Kawhi Leonard's not a playmaker. Paul George is not a playmaker. They make plays for themselves, but they're not they're not LeBron James, they're not Kevin Durant, they're not Steph Curry. They can't make plays for other people at an elite level. That worries me. Patrick Beverly, great player. Not a not a fantastic playmaker. I mean, he's, he's made his money playmaker. defending. No, and at all, Lou Williams. At all. What does what does Lou Williams do? The same thing that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do. He's Jamal able Crawford. to create for himself. Yes, yeah. yes, and that Jamal Crawford is someone I would not mind the Lakers picking up. Side note. Anyway, that's who he is. He's the new, or he not new, but he's the new age. Yeah, like I yeah. mean, they, it's hard to believe Jamal Crawford is that old. But anyway. The Clippers are a fine roster. They're going to do good. They're going to be one of the best regular season teams in the NBA. And I'd go as far to say as they might get close to the 73-win record. However, this is a big however, they don't have the veteran leadership to win the NBA Finals. Now, I understand the that Paul George took LeBron James neck and neck when they were in the Miami and um, the Pacers, he did great. He did a great job. He's an absolutely great matchup for LeBron. And Kawhi Leonard probably played the best defense we've ever seen on LeBron James. But when you get – this is, as of right now, unless they make a trade, which they're not really going to be able to, this is going to be their team in the playoffs. And do you, I don't even trust this team against someone like the Rockets. Patrick Beverly at point guard. Great defender, but defense alone doesn't win you a championship. Landry Shamit, a very fun, fast, young guy. I believe he's a rookie last year or he was a sophomore last year. Very fun, but if you're going to tell me Danny Green's going to be guarding him, I'll laugh. Or Avery Bradley, I'll laugh. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, obviously that duo is top of the league. They're right up there. Then center, Ivaka Zubak. All you Cavs fans out there, you know, not Cavs fans, good God, Lakers fans out there. I've got too many allegiances. Zubak's a fun player. He's a good back-to-the-basket scorer. He's not a championship post. No, no, he's not a championship caliber center. He's just not. He can't defend the rim. He can't rebound at an elite level, and he's very bad defending on the outside of the paint. Then you have Lou Williams and Mo Harkless basically coming off of your bench. Montrez Harold is a fun guy. He's got a lot of energy. He's not an elite player. All that being said, 
the the LA Clippers are going to be a great regular season team, but almost you can compare them to kind of like the Chiefs. They're going to obviously make the playoffs, but the Chiefs scare me if I want to pick a Super Bowl winner because they lack a very heavy asset of the game, which is defense. And I believe the Clippers are going to lack a very important part of NBA playoffs, and that's veteran leadership and experience. That's that's my very unpopular take on the Clippers. Okay, here's my thing. The getting back to the just the battle for LA aspect of the question. You, you've <laughs> got a city that's you know very polarizing. These are these guys are all going to become big stars. Everybody that plays in the Staples Center. Now yep. the problem the problem is the the narrative is going to shift on the very early part of the season. Who you know who's winning this battle for LA? I think the Lakers are going to come out hot. I just I just feel that way. I'm not going to give any stats. Okay, but the the Clippers, Paul George is out, um, right for a little while. Yeah, so Paul Paul George is out. You know, Kawhi, Mr. Load Management himself. Um, you talked about no playmakers. Pat, Patrick Beverly, um, not a playmaker. And then they definitely have front court issues. I mean, I don't know if Paul George is going to be power forward when he comes back or uh, Landry. You know, they, got, they have some things to work out. I mean, Mo Harkless is there. I just, I don't love the overall roster. Now, I love Kawhi Leonard. That dude can ball. Straight up ball. He doesn't even, I don't even understand his game. I look at it and I'm like, why is this guy a beast? And I, there's no point in even asking that question. He just is a beast. So, you know, it's going to be Kawhi. But one, one of the fun things about the Battle for LA is it's going to be hot and heavy. And the Clippers have Patrick Beverly now, so who cares about predictions and all that? You know there's going to be a fight or something going on uh, with Beverly. And it's, it's going to be exciting. It really is going to be exciting. I like the Lakers to win the battle for L.A., but it's going to be damn good t- television. Charles Barkley's going to have a ton of stuff to say about it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be fun, and I it's going to be a nasty battle uh you get avery bradley rajon rondo and patrick beverly and lou williams uh, they're yeah. all they're all cocky little guys it's gonna be fun it's gonna be really it fun is. and then you got the very level-headed well lebron's not level-headed but uh he doesn't get in fights because he knows how to piss off his opponents one with his play two with you know his um his exaggerating calls which i mean He's one of the best ever. He's one of the, he, he gives those the eyes ever play. He can do what the hell he wants. Yeah, yeah, he does. He he gets pissy, but yeah. Let's shift over to the East. There's All a team right. with a player who is a freak. <laughs> huh? Oh yeah. Um. Nice segue. Nice segue. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I bet you guys are really on edge thinking about who. I'm going to call out now, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, very, very good player. It's nice pronunciation, uh, by the way. Great. Thank you. I've been practicing. I just sit in my room and stare at my my, my mirror and say NBA names. I'm really struggling. 
on Gary Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Most random player I could think of. I think it's pronounced Gary. The Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, that's where I'm messing up. Gary Johnson. (laughs) Giannis Antetokounmpo, a very good player. One of the best players in the NBA right now. Uh, But here's my baggage with him. I, I can't think of a time that the best player on an NBA team outside of the Spurs, but that's a system, that their best player could not shoot from mid-range or three-point. I can't think of a time an NBA championship team had a, their best player be a liability on the offensive end if he can't get to the hoop like he's not going to be able to against that 76ers oak tree starting backcourt, frontcourt. Joel Embiid and Al Horford are just the perfect, just the absolute perfect counter to Giannis Antetokounmpo and what the Bucs want to do. So it's kind of going to be a double banger. We're going to talk about both teams. I think that 76ers knew that with a non-shooting point guard that likes to get into the hole, that things would get a little mucky and disgusting on offense with Al Horford and Joel Embiid and the post. However, just like everything in life, your goal is to be better than somebody. Whether you think that's your goal or not, it is. Uh, If you're at a job, your goal is to be better than your coworkers so you can get that raise. If you're playing a sport, your goal is obviously to be better than your opponent. The 76ers and the Bucks both know this is their year because somebody in Brooklyn comes back next year, next season, fully healthy, who wants to remember, remind everyone that, hey, I'm the best goddamn scorer in the NBA. So the 76ers knew all that. They knew it was going to be weird on offense. They were going to have to adjust. They were going to have to play a super slow pace, which usually doesn't win in the NBA. But they're kind of doing a zig while zag. They're playing different than anybody else in the NBA and loading up, slowing down the game, going back to the old-style basketball that all these middle-aged white men are just going to love. All that being said, I know I went a little off track there. I got really excited because I love the 76ers roster. Do we have a middle-aged white man drop? They're the perfect... I don't. I need to. Yeah, we need one. I need to get I need to get some dad. I need to get Peter Griffin. I'll... I'll don't worry, I'll text uh I mean Oh shit, what's his name? I have what's a whole the, uh, spiel about yeah, Peter Griffin. I do have a whole spiel about the nineties and longing for the nineties. Like if you do if you want to get me started on that, you just keep talking about middle aged white men. Uh, I might get you there in a minute, but my point about that whole elongated answer, uh just get to the point already. I need one of those drops because I rant like I am now. The Bucks aren't gonna be able to score the way they want to. To get past the Sixers in the East. It's just not plausible. Kyle Korver, obviously one of the best shooters in NBA history. One of the best shooters in the NBA now. Eric Bledsoe can shoot. He's an average shooter. George Hill, average shooter. Wesley Matthews has digressed at an awfully strange amount since he got that contract. Weird how that happens. Chris Middleton can't show up in a big game yet. Brooke Lopez, recency bias is a bitch, people. 
Remember, Brooke Lopez isn't just what you saw in the Eastern in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay, there's another side to him. So, with all that being said, they do have shooters, but people that can play on the court, you know, because in the playoffs it's all about a seven man rotation. I don't really trust any of them to shoot a three in a big situation. I mean, the uh, you go through their lineup, you can't find one. Maybe Ilyasova, but I don't Middle- want to play him. But but Middleton hasn't ever showed up in a big game yet to date. No, he's 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 been a walking ice bucket when uh, the big game's on the line. So I I like the 76ers in the East because of all that. Now. Things can happen. Injuries happen. One injury happens to the 76ers, and this shakes all up. That's just my gut feeling on it, that Al Horford and Joel Embiid are going to be the best defensive big man, not defensive, the best all-around big man duo we've ever seen in the NBA. I know that might be a hot take, but I just can't think of a better one. Uh, Samson and Elijah Wong. Hmm. Just for you old I, middle-aged I, white men out there. I See, I would listen to that argument. And there's other <laughs> ones out there. It, it, I mean, it's not just like a definitive, this is how it is. But the, I, I like the 76ers over the Bucks. That's my reasoning why, like I said earlier in the show, you got to win those four categories. And if I look at those two rosters, i got to say that the Sixers win that category, those four categories. Well, the Bucks. All right. If you want to get me started on the Bucks, got, I don't know who their GM is or anything I'll like that. I'll look it that. up for you. He, we need a faster producer. I hate to be mean, but I'd be embarrassed if I was their general manager. Okay? If you were John Horst? If I, yes. I, I wouldn't be in, embarrassed at like Christmas get-togethers and stuff amongst my family because I'd be like, look, I'm a successful GM. But um, in the crowd of his peers of other GMs he should be embarrassed he's got probably the best player in the league or you know he's in the debate so whatever you want to take that Mm -hmm. let's not even debate that but so you have that window and your second best player is Chris Middleton and you went and got (laughs) Wesley Matthews and Kyle Korver do you have a drop of anything that's clapping or I mean that's it's pitiful buddy and then you let you want to Mal- clap or do you want a boo? Or do a you boo? want Yeah, a give him a boo. Give him a boo. And then you went out and got sideshow Bob's brother, or you got sideshow Bob Robin Lopez. Um, and, and you let Brogdon go within the division. Uh, now they can prove me wrong, but I hate the roster. I hate it. And I really George Hill. I guess I kind of like him. He has wide shoulders. It's, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, very good does. arms he has. He does. Check out the headshot. That shit is wide. So yeah, it is. I mean, that's elite. He's got elite shoulders. So Wesley yeah, Matthews, that... get get out of here with that. You couldn't find anybody that wanted to come play. Yeah, right. I find that hard to believe. I they're still gonna, gonna be good. That's how good Atatakimpo is. They're still gonna be good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you in my room, staring at the mirror, working on your pronunciation. But this is this is gonna be something that's that's gonna confuse a lot of people. It's going to make you say, "What the hell are you talking about?" If I'm the Bucks, 
I make Brogdon a priority. I let yeah. Chris Middleton go packing. I'm not paying his ass a max. And then I go and I go and establish, and I either get Kawhi Leonard, I get Paul George, I get Russell Westbrook, or I get Al Horford. The NBA is simple. Look at what the Cavs and David Griffin built. Those players and that ownership are going to survive the next 40 years off of one year. What you do in the NBA, it's not I mean, it's kind of the same in the NFL, but it's not as extreme. The NFL is like a 3 3 year process, you know, 3 5 year process. The NBA is you if you have a guy, you have that guy or that group of guys, you go get it. That's exactly what the Cavs did. The Cavs went from worst to first. Now, it helps you had Kyrie Irving in the building, but you went and got J.R. Smith. You went and got Timofey Moskov that year. You went and got Matthew Delvadova. You went and got Shumpert. You went and got Kevin Love. That's yeah. what you got to do. And Even if you Bucks make a fans bad move. Might think, yeah, Bucks fans might think, well, we're, we're, we're going to be safe. We have Ante Tumbo. We're going to be safe for the next few years. I bet he doesn't even resign. Well, that's all. F- yeah. Yeah, I— I, know, I, I have mixed feelings about that because he seems really uh, allegiant to the small town kind of effect, and they kind of saved his life, and they well, signed yeah. his brother, which was a great move. Signing his brother was the best move that John Horst has ever done. Because Where's that he at just... now? Didn't he go somewhere? Or is he still no, there? They no. still, so they have a... Uh, He's still there, yeah. They, well, they, there's two brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I think his name's... Thanos, something like that. Yeah, I just like, saw him on a roster bit. just a little bit ago. Yeah, Costas Co- has been in and out of the NBA for a few years. Okay, uh, I know that from 2K. But yeah, they might think, oh, we're going to be safe because we have Ante Tacumbo and Chris Middleton now. No, you're not safe. You don't ever play it safe in the NBA. You want to know what? I'm a diehard Cavs fan, and I'm never a day mad that they went and blew away the next five years to go get that championship. Now, I don't. I don't even hesitate for one second. Think about your favorite sports team, Eric. You can answer. I'll. I'll let you answer this. If your favorite sports team had a chance to win the only championship that it's going to have a chance for since, you know, 1950 when they had Big O or Wilt, like, as so, do you have the Sonics? If the Sonics yeah. came back and they had a chance for a championship, would you want to play it safe and say, "Well, we'll be the fourth seed and we won't." We won't miss the playoffs for 10 years. Would you say, let's win the motherfucking thing right now? Yeah, let's win it now, every time. Especially when you're not in a power market. Because you you can't attract the big free agents. No. I mean, you gotta go. You gotta go, and you go, can't go. you can't draft Giannis Antetokounmpo number 15 again. It doesn't freaking happen. No. It doesn't happen. Nope. I... And Brooke Lopez, okay, so... I mean, he's a big part of the team. He averaged five rebounds a game last year he's a hell of a stretch center but he's got the feet of Yao Ming I mean I don't know I'm throwing a lot of shade at the Bucks. now they're gonna win a ton of games but I just I don't like what they did and that's just that's just all there is to it yeah so uh for all you out there that are listening Eric and I planned on doing a synopsis of uh, many more teams than that <laughs> we only got through four but it actually kind of works out for a good show because we'll we'll label this something about the gold tier episode. Then we'll talk about the silver tier in the next one, the bronze tier after that. Our kind of breakdown of where we think the season will end. That's a good I mean, idea. Not predictions. A breakdown of how the rosters are uh, because, like I said, the Lakers are a gold tier in my eyes. I don't know about Eric, but 
I don't think that there'll be one or two seed in the West at the end of the season. It's That's not what's important anymore. But we're going to go into NBA trivia. For those of you out there listening, if you send in an answer, all these questions, or a couple questions, you'll get a shout-out, and you just might be um, thrown into a giveaway for a House of Hoodie sweatshirt. Uh, you'll be able to pick which one. Uh, so the, the the only thing will be for all of our NBA episodes, the next three NBA episodes or two, I'll specify on Twitter. You'll have to answer the trivia questions, answer them right. And if you answer them all and they're all right, you'll be entered in the giveaway. So you can't just do one. you got to tune back in. And if you get a friend to listen to the show and he sends them in or she sends them in, you'll get an extra giveaway. So go tell your friends to download Anchor and listen to the damn show because it's fun, right? Yeah, we're happy. It's um, a blast. I'm going to force you guys to be happy. So without further ado, you ready to do some NBA trivia? Keesler, I'm going to be asking Keesler questions. And uh, Next episode, I'll ask you questions because I didn't get any questions for you. Oh, that's fine. So, it's actually, that's the other part. It's actually going to be really easy for you guys. You guys just have to be listening to the show and send in the answers. You don't even have to do any searching. We're just, you're listening, so we're going to reward you. But, I'm going to start you off. We're going to do 10 questions. We're going to see. I'll tell you at the oh, end Oh, shit. You 10 questions. All right. Yeah. Quiz. This is a, this is a softball. Who was the number one pick in the 2003 NBA draft? Uh, 2003, LeBron. Don't think LeBron, too hard. LeBron James. Final answer? Uh, well, actually, he might have graduated high school in 03. He did graduate high school in 03. Uh, give me LeBron, because otherwise I don't know. He's a, He graduated yeah. high school the same year as I did. I saw every game he played in Columbus. Roger Bacon, baby. Woo! So. <laughs> uh, you would be correct with LeBron James. Yeah. Good job, Eric Giesler. I don't have any drops for this. That's something. We'll get we'll get sound effects for this. All right. Here here's a here's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Huh. That seems like a weird question. Anyway. What team drafted Kobe Bryant? Kobe was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. Those of you out there, do you agree? Let me hear it. I know it's something strange. That's that's what I think it is. Bam! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Good Nailed job. It. All right, I gotta you get didn't you think I would get that ones. one, did you? Uh I don't know. You're you're kind of a nerd. I thought you had a chance. I thought you had a good chance. <laughs> well, ooh, I'm not gonna ask you what the win percentage is. This is a good one. What team has the current worst franchise win loss percentage? And it is a current team. Same name, like it's a current team completely. What team has? Uh the worst. Franchise cumulative win loss. Give me. Percentage. 
give me. I wish I could pick two teams, but give me the Bobcats. Yeah, I'll let you pick two. Bobcats. I'll let you pick two. Bobcats or Kings? No, the Kings had a run there. They had a good run. That's I'm right. Going, Don't pick the Kings. I'm going Bobcats. Bobcats, Kings. You said you'd give me two. That's my two. I don't pick a different team than the Kings. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I want you to do. I want you to succeed. I'm setting you up for success. Wow, this is. It's a pretty <laughs> tough question because a lot of teams have had. Give me Washington Wizards. Back to the bullet days. All right. That is incorrect. Why did I say Bobcats? I meant Hornets. What the hell? I'm in the past, guys. That's not right either. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, wow. I guess that does make sense. The only time I remember them being good was KG and Sprewell and Cassell. That team was so fun. Sam Mitchell. But, yeah, that that was a tough question. uh Uh-uh. I uh, just thought of something, Geese, or we can make this a running segment and we can get like Jeopardy type music. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I didn't think of stuff on the spot. Hey, <laughs> it's all a, it's all about the process. Oh, I'm gonna give you one more like just super hard one where you almost have to kind of guess. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm game with anything. It's I like trivia. All right, this one this this one's really hard. Which team holds the record for the most points scored in one season? I'll tell you this. It was between the seasons of 1980 and 1985, and it was a Western Conference team who's not known as a powerhouse. Man, I can't even believe it's not a modern record. I know. I'll tell you what the most points scored in one season is 10,300. 71 and Western i'll give Conference you team i'll give you one quick it can't be like a is it the but but like you can ask a question um to kind of try to narrow it down between 80 and 85 western conference Was this team more in the mountain region or on the Pacific of the continental United States? Definitely the mountain region. Okay, so if it's definitely the mountain region, that that quick answer yeah. makes me either I think would say there's two teams that's just like mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll sum it down to that. Two teams where you just think mountains, whether it's jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> or something else jerseys or something else well so it's basically down between the jazz and the nuggets and <laughs> smart boy yeah and man that is just those teams during that era is just a little bit out of my comfort zone give me the nuggets what year 82. Sweet son of a bitch, he did it, folks. (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That was impressive. That was impressive. All right, so this one, I'm going to actually be doing something with the soundboard, um, trying to fix something. 
So Eric, I want you to talk yourself through this, explain to people why you're picking it. Mm-hmm. What player has the most career personal fouls? Oh my goodness. Well, just kind of talk yourself on why you. It's I mean it's an inkblot test. My first name popped in my head with before a second was even over was Charles Oakley. Uh no, but it is a big man. Yeah, and I figured it's I'm making be, it too easy on you. It's got to be somebody that played twenty years. Um, what about Robert Parrish? Give me Robert Parrish. Um, guess one more time. Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, try a different Lakers big man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, uh, you're done with the guesses. Yeah, but I, I can get some wrong. Those I had good guesses. Yeah, I'm are. proud of my guesses. Charles Oakley. Uh, I it's uh, so Robert Parrish. I would say is your closest one because it was. Dude, he Kareem played forever. Bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he did play forever. I wouldn't um, guess that either because I I don't didn't think of him as like a banger like. All right, Oakley so that's that's five questions. You got that one wrong. You're sitting at three and two. So now what I want you to do? I thought I was four throwing for you five. on the spot. Oh. No, you got the Timberwolves one wrong. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I want you to describe to the folks and real quick, just thirty seconds, one minute, how you fell in love with the Supersonics. How I fell in love with the Supersonics. Well, it was the early '90s, and I was up on. Main Street in Van Wert at that big white house. Van Wert's where Eric and I grew up, by the yeah. way. Yeah, there's a big white Smart house down. there with pillars, and it's like two doors down from the party shop. So anyways, I used to hang out there all the time with my friend named Booga, Michael Glossett, and he had a Sega. <laughs> he had a Sega, Booga. and he had a TV. And at that time, it was one of the first NBA Live games ever come out on Sega. At that time... The Sonics were hot, man. They were hot. They had Gary Payton, Kendall Gill, Detlef Shrimp, The Rain Man, uh, Sam Perkins, Nate McMillan. Uh, they had some more guys too. I can't remember, but on the so every time I turn on TV, you know it was the glove. It was the Rain Man, and then on that game they were unstoppable, unstoppable, just like myself. So between the game, huh. all the dunks. The sweet colors. I've always been a sucker for green and gold anyways. And I just loved that team. And I was at that impressionable age. And my, my dad never passed me down an NBA team. He gave me the Steelers and Reds. But he did not give me an NBA team. So during that time, I right. I went with Carolina and the Sonics. And Carolina had uh, Jameson, Ed Coda, all them boys. I like so. it. I just wanted to stall there for a second because I got us some thinking music. I got us a wrong buzzer, and I got us a correct buzzer. And I'm still on the Sonics, just so you guys know. I have not left the ship. That's disgusting. On that note, right into the thinking music. We deserve Durant. Yeah, there we go. We deserve Durant. We got robbed. I'm drowning you out with the music. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All right. Back to the questions. This is a. It's, what player appeared in the most career NBA games? Robert Parrish. That is correct. That is correct. I nailed All that right. shit. The uh, what's his name? The, the chief. The chief. Yeah, he he was right there. Which player 
has the most career, has the highest career field goal percentage. He played with some NBA greats. He won some championships. I can't say anything more. It'll give it away. Highest field goal percentage. Played with some greats. Won some championships. I would say... Great three-point shooter. Not a super high-volume three-point shooter. And not a... Not a marquee NBA name as a player. That's as much as I can give you. I think that just gave it away if you listen to my words. Oh, man. That's a tough one, dude. So, he's not a well-known... He wasn't well-known for his play, but he is well-known around the NBA. Is he a general manager now? He's part of a team. (laughs) Uh... Your cats probably really like to purr. They really like to purr. Oh, Will Purdue? No. (laughs) He can't shoot threes. He cannot shoot threes. Um, What rhymes with purr? Oh, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, final answer? I, I have to say that. I mean, I don't have any other... I'm having a. I was for some reason with trivia. It either comes to me or that it doesn't. That was correct. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was correct. And honestly, that record is insane because I would have never guessed it wasn't a big man. Really? I I said three point field goal percentage. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was just field goal percentage. That's why my brain didn't. Oh. I would have been. I would have got that. He, he was a hell of a shooter, even when he was on the Spurs. I mean, he didn't miss. Yeah, I absolutely great shooter. Here's a good one. Since the ABA merger, who has the record for most consecutive? Most consecutive double-doubles. Most consecutive double-doubles since yep. the merger. Tim you, two, you can ask me two different questions. Oh, is he retired? Ask me some questions. Is he retired? No. Not retired. And is he over thirty-three years old? No. Okay, I will take. Consecutive double doubles. Yep. So think about someone that I'll say this: mm-hmm. we've watched him grow up. We've watched him change his style of play drastically. While well, he played for a certain team, this is gonna give it away. He was averaging like 15 rebounds a game. Um. A one-time NBA champion. Four-time NBA final appearance. Oh, wow. Currently plays. Currently still plays. He's a brother to us. Brother to us? Oh, I gotcha. (laughs) Oh, uh... Is it Kevin Love? I'm just trying to narrow it down as much as possible. 
Kevin Love? Say your final answer. Kevin Love. What? What? Is it Kevin Love? The answer is Kevin Love. Nailed it. I, it took yeah, some product. That was a good one. It took a while to get me there, though. That's all right. What? Everything takes a little time. I'll help you out. All when, right. So when I give you questions. A brother to us. Yeah, I was gonna sit. <laughs> yeah, I it was, it was the only thing I could think of to keep you going. But it turn helped. back on the thinking music. Producer I Chan. I should have got that one. <laughs> they're, oh. when, they, when they don't come to you instantly, they're difficult because they are. For some reason, sometimes you hear a question, you just even if you don't know it, you get names, and sometimes you don't. Yes, you do. It went, and um, now. Oh. What you hmm. got? I've got a good one. I'm going to now talk in my announcer voice. Eric Giesler, who was the lowest seeded team to win the NBA title? Well, Bob. <laughs> my name's not Bob, it's producer Chandler. Lowest seeded team to win the title. We need an actual producer. Could it be Dallas Mavericks? Is it Dallas Mavericks? The answer to that is no. Damn. I thought the Try year... going a city over huh. uh, Houston. to the Houston Rockets of 94 and 95. Give your boy Olajuwon a freaking the sixth seed. Giving your boy Olajuwon a little uptick on the show, and then you can't even guess when he won. The dream. I didn't May I mind everyone, he only won a championship because Michael Jordan was not playing. I mean, that All right. can't be proven. It is proven by me. Back <laughs> to the music, Producer Chandler. Yes, sir. I don't like that guy. Eric Giesler, for your fourth and final question, if you lose this question, you are never allowed to back on the show. Oh, shit. Not really, because it is a hard one. Who was the first player to be drafted number one? I didn't know he was drafted number one, if that helps. Without playing college or high school basketball in the U.S., meaning he probably played at the Lincoln View Community Center. Yeah. Without playing college or high school in the U.S. Did not play college or high school in the U.S., and he was drafted number one, and it's not Andre Karolinko. And he, he is a foreigner, right? He is a foreigner. Okay. Which you would assume, but there are military brats. Let's see. He is one of the best foreigners to ever play. Uh, Don't go with the most obvious one because it is not Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, I know this. It's uh, I actually know this. It's oh, What is his name, dude? I can see his face. Arvidas Sabonis? Oh, is that right? Sabonis. No, sir. The answer is huh? Yao Ming. Oh, I, that was so obvious. Sabonis might have been the first. Oh, 
European or something like that. That's a good guess. That's one of my dad's favorite players. Shout out, Jason. Thank you for listening. What time are we at? One <laughs> eleven. Damn, we really just let these things run. Are you ready? That's all right. For the tenth and final question. Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. This one is going to be a mix of hard and easy. The thinking music starts now. Eric Giesler. I was going to ask you who the tallest player of all time is, but I can't pronounce his name, so we're not going to do that. What we're going to do instead is what player, past or present, has the highest career free throw percentage? Uh, Tell us your answer. Mark Price? That's he went answer. bold and guessed Mark Price. That answer is incorrect. Damn. How the can somebody be, beat Mark Price? What a shame. Stephith Nasheth. Oh, I, I should have known that. I loved Nash. I watched a ton of Steve Nash in the day. Should have known that. Steve Nash Potatoes holds the highest career free throw percentage. So, let's see what your final was. One, two, three, four. You got a 60%. That's not bad. You think that's really going to cut it? Yeah, that'll, that'll get to that 1.9 or whatever, the GPA. <laughs> that's all, right. all you need. You're getting 6 for 10. That's not bad. Um, those those were tough questions. Hard ones. Yeah. They were. They were. Uh, I think we should do it a little easier next time. And then go back to hard. <laughs> anyway. That's what she said. Right. I think... <laughs> Oh, I mean, I really don't even like that joke, but I mean, there are times you just have to. That's like the best joke in joke history. Well, it is good, but if you overuse it, it's, it's, it sucks. I just queued you up. So I you want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I got the, uh, I got the sound in. (laughs) You know, people probably think that I'm kind of a jackass because I'm, like, learning how to do this and telling them I'm learning how to do it right now. But it also kind of makes 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 them feel more connected to our show. I don't know. I might just be psycho. Oh, I am psycho. I've been, been watching Criminal Minds like a... I mean, there's no other way we could learn how to work the drops in without hiring somebody. It's true. God, we need a producer. It's I'm excited for the game. I, tomorrow night. I wish Zion wasn't hurt, but at the same time, that roster is still pretty good. That's it. Yeah, they're fun roster. They are a fun roster, and it's gonna. I'm excited for the NBA, and I'm excited for this show to drop. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I really have to cover about the NBA today. Maybe we can. I don't know. We'll try to figure it out, but hopefully, have a quite a few NBA episodes. A good mix of this in the NFL. But on that note, you got anything else you want to add, ATB Goose? Uh, I'm just glad LeBron made it out of China, and I'm excited for the season. And tune in tomorrow night, watch some games. Uh, Make sure you download the pod, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. It helps us a lot.
and it's been real it's been real listen on anchor listen on the anchor app it's awesome and tell your friends about us with that Uh, thank you